0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Good morning. My name's Shane Burke. You're listening to the Tech Talk. You're on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and uh, today the topic is um, PHP. Now, PHP is uh, stands for Hypertext Preprocessor, which is a very, very um, useful programming language that you can use. Um, and so, this is basically where the bulk of websites that you experience um, are actually built in, in this little layer here. Um, this is on the server side, so this is server side code. Everything we've done before has been client side. So JavaScript, um, uh, let's see, what else have we talked about? We've talked about all sorts of things. Uh, what's that? HTML. Oh, yes, HTML, uh, CSS, JavaScript, uh, jQuery, really. Um, one, one note I wanted to make is that if you can get PHP, one of the reasons I didn't really talk about JavaScript is if you can get PHP, you can basically get JavaScript. Um, even though we were using the jQuery framework, if you kind of uh, just do a little uh, research on the Internet, you can go to w3schools.com and um, check out the examples there. And if you kind of get used to that, you can do some really advanced things with jQuery. You can start building your own um, little plugins and things like that. So I encourage you to do that okay now there's there's a couple little housekeeping things that we need to talk about first before we can actually start talking about how you actually make something with PHP and actually get into the fundamentals of the language the first thing you need to do is as I say on my website you need to download and install a certain program now you don't actually have to do this you can actually download um, the program off of the PHP website and install it but you have to use um, command line stuff, and and not everyone's comfortable with that. And really why even bother if you can just download a regular application and it will do it all for you. So I recommend that you download or install MAMP or ZAMP M-A-M-P or X-A-M-P-P. Both are completely free and um, the only difference between them is I believe ZAMP uh, well, I know MAMP only works on Macs. ZAMP might only work on PCs. They may have a Mac version too. Um, but you don't, re- I have MAMP and um, I don't really know the differences because I, I don't have a PC. So um, there may be differences between them in actually how you reference your file and actually navigate to it in your web browser. Um, but I'm sure if you just te- check the documentation that'll be very clear how you do that. Um, so um, the, the major difference between them is that uh, MAMP doesn't install Perl. XAMPP does. Um, obviously, you're on a Windows. If, you, if you're on a Mac, then Perl is installed by default, um, in case you didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, those are really the major two differences between both those programs. Um, so, uh, after you've done that and you've gone through the installation, the first thing you need to do is create a PHP file. And basically, the way you do that is... is You you just name your file, whatever you want to name it, and then you have a .php suffix at the end. Um, And uh, you would save that in htdocs if you're using MAMP. I don't know what it would be in XAMPP. Um, But um, it's pretty simple. Basically, you just save it in that file, which actually resides in the application file itself. So if if you're on a Mac, you navigate to Applications, And then there's a little file for MAMP. You would click on that and you would see the hdocs folder and you would basically save your file there. And within that file, um, whenever you have a little bit of PHP code, um, then you would actually use the opening and closing PHP tags. So that would be the less than sign, a question mark, and the word PHP. Um, And then to close that tag, you would do a question mark and a greater than sign. So basically, think of these as new HTML tags that you can use. Basically, PHP allows you to create dynamic HTML. So you can put any sort of text you want to. You can um, specify certain... Excuse me. You can specify certain... um, uh, The... um, Uh, attributes is the word I'm looking for you can um, specify attribute values um, the actual text value inside of a tag Um, you can make tags Um, obviously you can't make your own tags unless you're using XML but um, so basically you can understand that now you're starting to see how flexible this all is um, PHP is very flexible and it allows you to create dynamic pages. And so, whenever you go to one of the big websites, um, Amazon is a pretty good example. Um, they actually build the page that you visit customly for you because they have algorithms in in the background. Um, they're probably not written in PHP. They're probably written in C or something else. But um, uh, and I don't know. I don't actually know if Amazon uses PHP. But um, they use some dynamic server-side language because that page, you'll notice it says things that you've accessed or, or like, um, uh, things that are in your shopping cart or, or things that you um, have looked at recently or things that um, are recommended just for you that other people have liked and stuff like that. So that's all dynamic stuff that's saved in a database, and that page is created just for you dynamically. And, um so it's very flexible, and uh, it's very powerful, obviously, and it's really something that's kind of, uh, I guess I would say, expected these days. Um, most users on the web are, are pretty savvy. Not everyone is, but um, most, most users are, and it's something they come to expect. They come to expect that dynamic content. Um, now, on the other end, just a plain HTML page that's static, like would be our website, although we add things um, to it, Um, there's, there's really not much there, um, except for what the shows are and, and like a description and stuff like that. So we don't actually have a PHP backend. There's really no need for it. Um, because well, I know HTML and I don't mind writing a little bit every week, so it doesn't really bother me that much, but certainly if I wanted to, I could create a PHP backend for our show website and, um, save everything into a database. So, um. For example, one of the things that I do is I write the date that something was added or like the show air date. Well, I could dynamically um, create that with PHP and just any time I upload something to the website, I could um, get that time that it was uploaded and just use that, uh, well, the date for what, what day I added it. And um, basically, I could use PHP to dynamically insert that date. I wouldn't have to type it in myself. Um, but... I, I just don't really feel like doing it for this this website so um, but that's something that I could have done uh, just to let you know so that would that would be dynamic um, HTML there uh, basically anything that is not in the HTML tags is treated as regular static HTML. Anything inside of the PHP tags has to be parsed and um, deter based on whether you actually print something out then um... that will determine whether you know what actually is received to the browser so theoretically if you don't print anything within a php tag or you don't tell it to go to to the uh... html then um, nothing will happen so it, you won't see anything so you could basically create a function and do something in it and that would not appear to the user so again uh we have the power to determine what we actually show to the user. So that's, that's nice. Um, let's see, we've got, uh... Anything in PHP tags is parsed, and... Okay, I already said that. Um... So basically, I want to emphasize, don't really get confused by all this in the very beginning. Just treat PHP as another tag that you can use. Um, it, you're basically just writing your HTML document as normal, and whenever you want to have something that's dynamic, then you would use the PHP tags within that HTML. All right, let's see. And one of the important things that you need to do, as, with, as we saw with jQuery, is you need to end each statement, every line, with a semicolon, okay? And now we're actually going to start getting into these things called types and variables. So you have variables, and um, variables have types. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what variables are, but I think it would make more sense to talk about the types first. Because I think a variable is kind of a, a it's a term that we all understand from math. So um, let's just start getting into types, because these are things that if you're not experienced programming, you, you haven't experienced yet. So the first type we've got here is the Boolean. And a Boolean basically has two values, true and false. And those, those aren't quoted. So it's basically the word true and the word false. And, um, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It, it doesn't sound useful, but you'll um, when we start talking about other things a little bit later today, um, you'll understand the value of this. But just know that a variable can be set to true or false, and um, that would be its Boolean value. Uh, well, that, that variable would be of type Boolean. Okay, and uh, the next one we've got is something that you've definitely seen. It's called integer, so that's basically 0, 1, 2, 3, etc. And they can also be negative. Um, again, they're not quoted, and uh, they're non-decimal non-dec- numbers. So an integer, a variable of type integer cannot have a decimal point. Um, and then the corollary to that, the the kind of like the opposite, would be um, float, which would be a decimal number and um, again it's not quoted and it can also be positive or negative then you've got the type string <coughs> excuse me a uh, type string is anything basically con- contained in quotes and uh, remember like we've been saying in HTML we use single quotes but in all of our programming languages in, in CSS if you want to call that a programming language uh, JavaScript, um, we talked about jQuery specifically, and PHP, we want to use um, double quotes. So we don't have to escape double quotes in our HTML. Um, so I'm not really going to talk about escaping because we don't have to worry about it since we've been writing our code in this in this way. So um, basically think of a string as any character in double quotes. Um, again, you can use single quotes, but it makes your life more difficult because you um, have to escape things. So try to use double quotes. It'll make your life easier. And then um, one thing I wanted to point out is that um, a string can have any sort of character in it, including numbers. But one of the things you need to understand is that if you put a number within a string, within two quotes, and set that equal to a variable, then um, it's actually going to be interpreted not as an integer, but as a string, as, as, a, as like text. It's not, um, typically, it would not be interpreted as a number. Now, um, PHP kind of makes things a little bit easier because it, it kind of does this dynamic typecasting thing. So it will actually change the type to integer or float, respectively, if, there, if the string is only a number. Um, obviously, I don't think that would happen if, if you had a, a letter in there. Um, but, so, but it's better practice just to get in the habit of, whenever you need to use a string, um, use quotes around it. But if you want to write an integer or a variable... I'm sorry, an integer or a float value, then um, make your variable of type integer and float, which means don't use the quotes. So um, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Um, and I don't think there's that much more I need to say. Obviously, if you have text, like if you wanted to say the value of this is 9, then uh, that would be treated as a string. You don't have to treat that as an integer, even though there's a number in there. Um, I'm just saying for the the... The places where it makes sense to treat it as an integer or a decimal float um, uh, use those types. So don't use quotes for those sorts of things. Okay, and next we've got the array. And I think array is something that people have probably experienced from math. Um, But if not, don't worry about it. Um, Basically, it's a comma-separated list, and it has its own little syntax. So you would set a variable equal to um, the syntax where you say the word array, A R R A Y, and you open and close the array with parentheses, and then inside of those parentheses you can um, write any number of things. They can be any type inside of the array. Uh, you just have to separate uh, different variables, or I'm sorry, different uh, elements of the array with um, a comma. So you can put integers, you can put floats, you can put um, strings in an array. It's basically a collection of uh, different variables, if you will, uh, different data values. So um, arrays are something you're going to be using very often. Now, there's two types of, of arrays. There's just kind of the normal array where you don't define a um, what's called a key. Um, and that's basically... Um the key value will be kind of like the place in the array, so if you um have let's say a an array of strings um the string a comma string b then basically you would um those two values would have an indice uh, excuse me an index um so basically you the index is the same thing as the key value. So the um, string A would have the index of 0 whereas the string B would have the index of 1. So you'll notice that the numbering is a little off. It starts at 0 and not 1. But basically the index is counting up from 0 the position in the array. So um, if I had something with like 20 values then the um, the 20th number in that array would be, actually, the key would be 19. The index value would be 19, not 20. Um, So that's something uh, that I want you to be aware of. But there's also these other types of arrays called associative arrays where you can actually specify the key value, and it can be a string or it can be a number. Um, So your key, you can say um, your variable and then... um, in brackets, the key value. If it's if it's a string, it has to be quoted. Um, now, for key values, I use single quotes because we're not going to be putting HTML in there, um, and it also helps me kind of recognize when I'm referring to a key value <clears throat> versus a um, a string value that's for the array, the, like the actual value in the array. Um, so. Um, there, there's two alternative ways that you can do it. The way I'm just going to talk about today is um, writing the variable, and we haven't talked about how you actually write a variable. But um, just write a variable with two square brackets after it and um, whatever the key is within those square brackets. So if, if you're using a normal array um, where you haven't specified any associations to the, to the keys, then that would be an integer. So if I, going back to my previous example, if I wanted to reference the um, value with the index of 1 in that previous array that I was talking about, then I would do the variable referencing my array, opening and closing square brackets, and then within those square brackets, I would write 1 without quotes. Um, and then I would, that would actually pull up that value from the array for me. So it would turn up B. Um, because remember, that's what we set it. We set it A in the first position, and then B in the second position. And um, that numbering is uh, subtracted 1 from what we would consider to be the position. So um, instead of being 2, it would be 1, since we start at 0. So the next um, type we've got is object. And I'm not really going to uh, talk about objects yet, because um, it's something that we're probably not even going to get to today. Um, but basically, it's an instance of a thing called a class, and we'll get to classes later. Then we've got type resource, and this is a handler to an external source. Um, basically, again, that's something we're going to talk about later, but it's you can have a reference to a database, a database handler, you can have a reference to um, files and things like that. So we'll get to that later again. Then you've got type null. So null basically n-u-l-l means that and and the only value that the variable could have if it's of type null is the word null. Again it's not quoted. So basically um, null means no value and um so if you if you have something like uh a variable set to a variable is equal to null then when you actually evaluate that variable with an expression um which we're going to talk about um the expression won't happen uh unless you want it to be null. So we'll talk about that later, actually. I I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So just know that the value of a a variable with type null can only have the value null, and it means no value. So that's not entirely true, but we'll start talking about that in expressions. Um, So let's just move on. Uh, Oh, I also have a note here that you can set a variable... To null to empty the variable. So basically, um, if you have a variable equal to the string a, then, and you later on the program say a is equal to null, then it will clear that value. That means the um, variable doesn't have a value anymore. Okay, so now we're actually going to get into, (laughs) excuse me we're actually going to get into variables. Now in PHP, whenever you write a variable, it has to start with a dollar sign. And then you can write um, the name of the variable. Basically you can decide what you want the variable name to be. It can be anything that you choose. Um, But one thing you need to know is that variables are case sensitive. So if you name a variable dollar capital A, and then you try to reference that same variable as dollar lowercase a in your program, those are two completely different variables. So um, it, it it won't understand that. Um, so that's something to be careful about. Make sure you're always using the same uh, case sensitivity, if you will, to uh, reference variables. Um, another little rule we've got is that the first chari- character of a variable... Um, must be a letter or an underscore, but any characters can follow so you can have letters and number I- numbers in a variable um, they uh, well the letters can come first, but the numbers cannot come first basically, and no weird symbols other than the underscore or a letter can come first in a variable name after the after the dollar sign of course um So yeah, that's all I've got there. Now, there are some reserve variables that I want to talk about. Um, I'm probably just going to mention them because um, we're not um, at this point yet. So um, there's this variable called underscore get, all capital letters for the get. Um, These are all the letters that I'm going to be talking about here for these reserve variables have capital letters so I'm just going to say the word but know that when you actually type them you have to type in all caps dollar um, underscore post dollar underscore server dollar underscore cookie dollar underscore session and dollar underscore globals um, so dollar get uh, we actually talked about a little bit about what a get request is when we talked about forms so get is basically passed through the um, they they are variables that are passed through the html string dollar post is kind of sent in its own little http packet as we said um when we we're talking about forms so um any form values of type post are sent in the um the post variable um and then you've got dollar server and this is basically all of the http request and server information so um um, we're not really there yet, but um, I keep talking about these HTTP requests, and you may not understand what they are, but uh, just know that uh, we can reference all those different variables that I'm talking about with the server variable. Well, so, okay. Um, there's one more thing that I want to say, but I'll say it after I finish explaining all these. Then there's cookie. Cookie is probably something you've heard about Um if you go to a website that requires cookies, you may see a window saying you can't use this website because you have cookies disabled or something. Um, uh, it's basically a little file that's saved on the user's computer, and um, um, you can reference all of those little files, all those little pieces of data um, with the dollar cookie variable. Then you've got dollar session, and dollar session is um, a very, uh, useful little, little variable, because session is its own file, so you can actually define the variables to be anything you want within there, and, um, so you can say, well, yes, you can create your own little variables within the session, and those are saved, and they're unique to each user that, that is using the website, so, um, uh, it's basically a nice way to persist data across um, multiple web pages. Um, all of the data on your website for each page is separate um, they don't really communicate, but you can use cookies and sessions to achieve that communication and also get get requests and post requests so those will all um Allow you to kind of transmit information between pages. Now, um, so yeah, session is flexible. You can basically um, create an instance of session for um, anything that you need to, uh, anything that you want to define. And then dollar globals um, refers to all of these, all these variables that I already mentioned. You can access the get variables, the post variables, everything that I've already talked about. And there are some additional ones, but they're less relevant for us. So I'm not going to talk about those. Um, Okay, so now the thing I want to talk about is scope. Basically what I wanted to say before, um, before I kind of stop myself, is that these are all called super global variables, which means they exist everywhere within the page um as we're going to start talking about there's this there's this thing called scoping and um variables are only contained within their scope well super globals are as the name kind of implies they're available anywhere within the page they they have a global scope so you can reference a, a variable without having to use a certain keyword that I'm going to mention in a second um so just know that you don't have to change anything about about how you're referencing these variables. You can reference these variables from anywhere within your page. It can be within a function, within a class, just within the regular HTML in the kind of like the global namespace. Um, I'm sorry, I said, I said HTML. I think I meant PHP. <clears throat> so just know that you can reference these from anywhere. And then also, some one of the things you should be aware of is that. Um, these are all arrays so basically if you want to um, reference the dollar post then you would do dollar underscore post all caps remember on the word post Um, and you can actually use the square syntax that I was talking about uh, the two square brackets and put any string inside of there so basically the post array is a associative array or the post super global variable is an array and um, you can reference. It's a, it's an associative array, so you can reference um, by key the value that you're you're interested in. So um, I I think I kind of talked about this. Um, you can have the the post array keys are all the name. I did talk about this. They're all the name um, attribute variables. So um, you'll remember we have the name attribute, and we always need to use the... We always have to give it a value so we can reference it on the server side. And this is actually how we do it. So um, if I had a HTML... Now I'm talking about HTML. So if I had an HTML element with um, the, na- the name attribute set to blue... No, I always use blue. That's a bad one. I'll just say A... Then in my um, in PHP, after I send that form to my PHP file, so I would be using the action attribute for the form element, um, and I'd be setting it equal to the path for my PHP file that I'm talking about right now. So in the PHP file that's being referenced, I could do underscore post, And in square brackets, I could do opening square bracket, um, single parentheses, A, close the single parentheses, and then close the square bracket, and then I would basically be be referencing the um, whatever value is contained within the HTML element with the name A. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I think it does. It's very clear to me, but then again, I've been doing this for a long time, so... Um. Uh, yes, so basically that's how you would reference a post and that's what, what the values of the post array represent again, these are all just arrays and they work in the same way as I described earlier with just a normal array um, the only difference is they're all written in capital letters and they're av- available anywhere within my PHP file okay, I think I discussed that sufficiently now we're going to start talking about global, this thing that I was talking about earlier. So whenever you define a variable outside of a function or outside of a class, it's contained within the, the, um, the scope of the file, but it's not contained within any functions that you have within that file because they have their own scope. So one of the things you need to do if you want to reference a variable that you declared outside of a function or a class or anything, then you actually have to use this keyword called global. And so you basically just say global um, dollar $a, so my variable name is a here, and it's basically saying go out of this function and grab the variable of a, because I'm going to start referencing it. Um, and then, of course, you would end that line with a, a um, semicolon. So that's a very short line, but it's just saying, it's just setting it up. It's saying, I'm going to start referring to dollar a, and the dollar a, I mean, is not a dollar a that's been defined in this function. It's the dollar a that I define outside of the function in the normal PHP environment. All right, and uh, again, uh, global comes before the variable name. Uh and I oh one of the things I wanted to point out is that this is not required for super globals so, uh like I was saying so a super global I don't have to use the global keyword to reference the super global variable um I can just write the I can access the variable the same way that I earlier described or described earlier and um, um, that's sufficient. I, I don't have to use a global keyword um, because it's a super global. It's available everywhere. Then there's this keyword called static, and it sets the initial value in a local scope. And uh, basically, the variable is accessible continuously at that scope. But um, the unique thing about static is it's saying... Um, save this, keep this variable. Um, basically, whenever you declare a variable, it's only available within the scope of the function. Um, so we're talking about functions here. Whenever you declare a variable in a function, it's only available within that function, and it's only available when you call that function. So if I called a function and I declared the variable a without using the static keyword, and then I um, run the function again, um, then the value of a would be what I initially set it to be. It, it would not be saving the variable between function calls, even though I'm calling the same function. So in other words, I guess a way you can think of it is the memory is kind of like freeing up, and uh, it's not saving the... the um, the value between function calls. So it's basically kind of like clearing that value and then the next time you call the function it starts over. Well with static it's actually being saved in a way. So if you um, say static $a and then let's say equals um, 0 then um, and let's say later in that function you add 1 to 0 so you do $a plus 1 well, you would do dollar a is equal to dollar a plus one, and then close that line with a semicolon. So then, what did I say? Dollar a was initially equal to. I think I said it was equal to zero. I forgot. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so if dollar is initially set to zero, and then you add one to it, then dollar a is equal to one. Okay. So if I close that function and didn't use the static keyword to declare dollar a, my dollar a value would basically um, next time I called the function would go back to zero. If I use the static keyword, then the next time I reference a in a, separ- in a separate function call, then a would initially be set to one. So the next time I add one to a, as I do in this function, the v- and I like printed out the value of a, then it would actually print out two, not one, at the end of the function. So that's a way to kind of have your variables persist within the same scope. You're not actually making this global or anything, but it's a way to have that variable persist. So you can continu- can continue to ma- manipulate that variable, and it's remembering the value that it had um, from the first function call. Um, let's see. Okay, I think I, I covered that variable. Okay now you can also have a variable variable so um you would use this in a case where you didn't want to you want to use a variable to define the name of the variable and basically the way you would do that is by using two dollar signs um so i have a little example here that i'm going to talk about uh i hope this makes sense but we'll see uh so dollar a would be equal to the string hello, uh, and then you would close that that line with a semicolon. And then $$a would be equal to the string of world, and then you will close that line with a semicolon. So basically $$a would be the same as $hello. Hopefully that makes sense, because we were setting $a equal to hello, and then by using the $$a syntax, we'd be saying Make this variable name the value of the variable dollar a so um, I think that makes sense. And then the value of the variable dollar a would become the name of the variable dollar dollar a so um, yes yeah, so I, I already said that. and then uh, therefore, when you call dollar dollar a it would have the variable of world. Now hopefully you didn't kind of get lost there. This is something that you're probably not going to use very often, but I did want to introduce it because it can be, as you start getting more advanced, it, it can be helpful to know this. Um, if you didn't understand that example, then don't worry about it. it it's not something that's going to keep you from using PHP, so don't... I wouldn't worry about this. Um, I really don't use this very often, but it's, it's kind of cool because it allows you to really start making things very, very dynamic. Not only are you using variables, but you're using variables to define variable names. And I just think it's a cool thing. So um, don't worry about it if you don't understand that. Um, then you've got these things called constants. And constants are defined once, and they don't change. Um, that makes sense, obviously, because if you were changing it, then it would be a variable. Um, so basically, the way you define a function is you use a um, kind of like a built-in function called define. And uh, we haven't really talked about functions so I'm just going to kind of explain how you would define it and uh, we'll talk about like what all the different things in a function uh, actually mean later on. So don't worry about this, just know that you can define a function like a constant like this. Um, So you use the word define, um, all lowercase, and then you would use parentheses and then uh, end that line with a semicolon. Now, within the parentheses, we would actually um, specify the name of our constant. And it has to be... So it's, in, it's a string, so it's in qu- double quotes. And it has to be um, all capital letters. And it doesn't start with a dollar sign or anything. So this is just a word. It can have numbers in it, too. But... Everything has to be capitalized. At least I think it can have numbers in it. I'm not sure. Um, but that's just a small point. Uh, don't worry about Don't get bogged down by that. Um, and then after we close those double quotes around the variable name that we wanted, so here I just have name, the word name, all in caps, then you would do a comma, and then in a separate, separate string following that comma, um, inside of the quotes we'd have whatever value you want assigned to that, to that constant. And then, basically, to call the constant, you would use um, dollar name in your code. I'm sorry, not dollar. Do not use dollar, because that would be a variable. You would use the word name, uh, all capitalized again, because, remember, a constant is somewhat like a variable. If you don't, if it, since it's case-sensitive, if you change up the, the um, actual capitalization, it won't recognize that you're, referen- you're talking about the same variable. Or same constant in this case. Um, So you use the name in your code, in all caps, and you don't use a dollar sign. Uh, Again, I just want to emphasize that dollar sign is for variables and not for constants. So I kind of messed up there. I I said dollar sign. Do not use a dollar sign to reference your constants. Just write the word uh, that you define the constant to be. Um, in all caps, and it will reference that value automatically for you. So that's kind of cool. This is really useful for um, areas where um, you need to save some sort of value that is going to be used in multiple locations, and the value never changes. Um, So um, a good example would be like the actual um, information that you have to type in to access a database, That's commonly when you would use a constant. Um, Again, that's we're going to talk about that later. So don't get bogged down in that. Okay, so now we're actually going to get into operators, and um, they're pretty simple. There's only one that you haven't been, um, you aren't familiar with, and uh, so I'm just going to kind of list them off. So you can do this uh, thing where you do dollar, or excuse me, negative dollar a. I said negative, it's actually um, like the minus sign, so hyphen, um, and that basically obviously makes your variable negative. So it's, it's the, I should say, it's the opposite of the value that it originally was. So if you do, do negative dollar $a, then, um, and you, dollar $a was originally negative, of course it would be positive. So that's just like math. Um, so just know if you ever need to change the sign of something, you can use native dollar A, or whatever your variable name is, and that would be um, making it the opposite. Then you can add things, so you can do dollar A plus dollar B, just like math. Uh, you can subtract things, so you could do dollar A minus dollar B. You can multiply things. so that would be dollar A asterisk, dollar B. Um, so because this is a computer language, we're not going to be using x or for the time sign. Uh, so if you need to multiply something use an asterisk uh, if multiply two variables or two values whatever um, division is just a uh, forward slash a normal slash um, so it would be dollar a divided by dollar b that would just be uh, dollar a slash dollar b um, okay now we get into this thing that you've probably never heard of and it's called the m- modulus or modulus i don't Medullus, however you want to say it. Um, I'll say medullus, um, but people say it different ways. Um, There's dollar, so if you do, and this is basically represented by the percent sign. So you could do dollar A, percent dollar B. Um, So I'm just going to use some random variables here. Let's say that I had uh, dollar A equal to 3 and dollar B equal to, uh, what do I want to do? Two okay, so um, I would be doing dollar three modulus dollar uh, b, and the modulus is basically a um, it's saying what is the remainder? so it's basically going to do the division, and you'll remember from long division you have this a remainder, and that's what the modulus is going to give you so um, in this case. A modulus dollar b dollar a modulus dollar b would be um, equal to one, Uh, because obviously two goes into three once, and then you have a one remaining. Um, So that would be the modulus. It's not um, a decimal value; it's it would be the integer remainder that you would get if you were doing long division. Uh, So that can be a really cool thing. Um, I've used that before, but. You may not see an instant use for it, but over time you may find a use for it. Uh, then you've got assignment operators. Um, the first one is the equal sign, and so one of the things that I want want you to kind of get used to is don't think of the equal sign, even though I'm going to be saying equals. Um, I'll try to use a different way to explain this. It, it's the way I want you to think of it is. The equal sign is kind of like the phrase, get set to. It's not necessarily equal to, because that's another way that we're going to actually refer to things. Um, But just think of it as get set to. I'm sure I'm probably always going to say equals, but it may help you to think of the equal sign as, one equal sign as get set to. Um, Then you've got this thing called concatenation which would be period equal sign and um, that is basically when you want to add or I shouldn't say add it's when you want to just kind of like paste think of it as copy and paste Um, when you want to paste one string to another Uh, so if I had dollar um, if I had dollar a is equal to hello and dollar b is equal to um uh world to go with the hello world example um both strings then if i did dollar a.equals dollar b dollar a would then have the value of hello world um so basically you're sticking the two variables together copy and paste almost um and you're setting the variable on the left equal to the concatenated string uh, of the two variables if you're using two variables uh, you I mean uh, you don't have to use a variable so you could just um, uh, say a dollar a dot equal to um, and then put a string there so you don't actually have to contain a string if you just want to con- add a string to the end, kind of like append it to the end um. Then you don't actually have to uh, contain it in a variable you could just set a period dollar or period equal to um, the string of whatever string you want to add or uh, put onto the end paste onto the end so that's concatenation um, then you've got uh, a way basically to do arithmetic um, all of these arithmetic. Operators that I was talking about, um, but it's a shorter way to do it. So you've got dollar uh, A plus equal to dollar B. So that would basically do, th- be the same as dollar A is equal to dollar A plus dollar B. Um, basically, what you're doing is you're just kind of shortening it. You're saying the variable on the left of the equal sign is equal to the variable on the left plus the variable on the right. So hopefully that makes a, some sense. Uh, uh, the other one you would have is dollar A is minus equal to dollar B, and I'm using dollar A and dollar B just as examples. These variables can be whatever you set them to. Remember, um, and that would basically be the same as setting dollar A equal to dollar A minus dollar B. Uh, again, just a short way to write it. Dollar uh, A asterisk equal dollar B, so that would be multiplication of A times B. And of course, you're setting A equal to that. Then you've got dollar A uh, slash equal dollar B. So again, that that would be division. So dollar A would be set equal to dollar A divided by dollar B. And then um, a dollar A modulus equal to dollar B, or I should say percent sign equal to dollar B, would be uh, dollar A is equal to the modulus of A and B. Well, A modules B. Okay, so hopefully uh, I didn't confuse you too much with that, Uh, but I uh, again, these are just short ways to do it. You don't have to, you can always uh, specify if you're more comfortable um, just using the normal arithmetic operators and using an equal sign to assign variables. That's totally fine. These are just kind of shorthand ways to do it. and as you kind of like look at tutorials online, you may see people doing this. So I just want you to understand what, what they're basically doing. Okay. Now we're going to get into comparison operators. And uh, we're running out of time, so this is the last thing that I'm going to talk about. Um, so the first one is the equal sign. Now it's the double equal. So basically two equal sign equal signs means equal. Um, okay. Okay. So pretty self-explanatory, but you can see the difference now because with the single equal sign, we were just setting the value equal to that. With the double equal sign, we're actually kind of testing for equality. We're trying to determine whether two things are actually equal. And this is just the value. There's also three equal signs. So it would be equal sign, equal sign, equal sign. And that would mean equal to and of the same type. So this is where types kind of get important. Because if you're using the triple equal sign, it's not going to um, evaluate as the same thing if you did dollar um, $a is equal to string 1, so that 1 is in quotes, and you're doing triple equal sign to dollar $b, which is just 1, not in quotes, so that would be an integer, uh, b would be of type integer, a would be of type string, and doing the triple equal sign would say, nope, These are not uh, equal because they're of different type. Um, However, if I use the double equal sign, then uh, they would say, okay, yeah, this is basically the same thing because PHP is kind of doing that um, typecasting for us behind the scenes with the double equal sign. So it's basically looking at the value and saying, is this value in here actually the same or is the type, uh, we're just going to ignore the type. Is the value the same? Um, So I'm actually going to stop here um, hopefully uh, this was kind of useful for you. This is very introductory. We have a lot to cover now. Um, and it, it's much more than uh, than I, I thought we were going to. I, I didn't get as far as I wanted to get. As I, That's what I'm trying to say. Um, there's a lot of things left. And we're going to get to them over time. But I think I was a little ambitious when I said we were going to get through all the programming in six weeks. But uh, don't worry, I'd rather go slow and make sure everyone's on the same footing before we start like having interviews and, and talking to people about advanced co- concepts. So uh, stay tuned if you have a lot of programming experience um, because we will be uh, changing up the format of the show. It's not just going to be me explaining programming. Um, but this can be very useful to those who don't um, already know it. So I hope you'll join me next week. Again, same time, Friday here on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Um, have a good weekend.